Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, Mike Heck here for MMAfighting.com in Jacksonville, Florida, the site of UFC 273, which is going down this Saturday at the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena. We got John Anik yesterday. We got Laura Sanko today. She's been on our shows a few times, but again, kind of the theme of this week, get to meet these people in person for the very first it's time. It's nice to have Laura, you here. Laura, how are you? I'm good. My eyes are watering because it's windy out here. So actually, this is tears of joy. Tears of joy to finally meet Mike Heck in, in in person and not just, you know, over a Zoom conference. No, it's great to have you in town and what a great city and a fun backdrop and some really good fights to talk about. You and I, we, we want to learn some hist- some history here because yeah. we got this beautiful boat behind us and we're wondering where it's coming from. So maybe we can uh, we can figure this out and get to, get the real answers. I mean, to these we questions. are. I mean, you're you're more of a real reporter than I am. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of it somehow. But you're more famous, so you could probably get more <laughs> questions. It's debatable. That's debatable. <laughs> but you're definitely a more real reporter. <laughs> well, it's great to have you here, and there's a lot going on on this card on this Saturday. Obviously, all eyes are on the top three fights. I want to start with the big one, yeah. and normally you would say the main event, and normally you'd say a title I fight. I know what you meant, though. I know. Yeah. It's just it's it's the vibe here. Like, what have you noticed? Because it is immediate that Hamzat Shabaya brings something different to the table that people just gravitate towards. No matter what he does, people are eating it up down here, and just being around him, you just sense something special, right? Like, what has that been like, just seeing his rise and how quickly it's happened and just seeing him here in Jacksonville and how people are reacting to him? His energy and the energy that he brings to whatever space he's in is honestly unlike anything I've really encountered before in the MMA space. And I was trying to put some thought to it last night because I knew we would be talking about it in the Wayne show this morning. And I think what I what I at least boiled it down to is that a lot of times in MMA, the distance between our couches as fans and the octagon sometimes feels a little close. Like when I watch the NBA and I watch the NFL, I know that there is no way in hell I could do what they're doing. But sometimes in MMA, you kind of get the sense that the fans are like, oh, I got into a fight in college, I could do that. Or like, you know, they see a good scrap, it's entertaining, but it doesn't seem superhuman. Hamzat Shemaev interjects that superhuman level of athlete, of performance, of persona, of energy into the sport that's honestly pretty rare in MMA. I feel like Ronda Rousey had that because she was finishing people so quickly. I'm not talking about the end of her career, but when Ronda was the beginning of her career, rocketing up to the top, she had that energy because she was doing stuff we'd never seen a woman do before. I feel like Francis Ngannou had a little bit of that, right? He was knocking guys out left and right and had only been doing MMA, MMA period, for a very short period of time, much like Hamzat. So it's genuinely not often that we get stars that truly bring that superhuman level nature that when we watch them, it's like, man, I just, that that to me is so alien. It's so far out there that you can't help but watch. We need to state the case, state a case for Gilbert Burns here, because if you talk to anybody in Jacksonville, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of 
of like when Hamza will win this fight. And I find that so puzzling when you have a guy like Gilbert Burns who has been on such a great run. This guy was seconds away from becoming the welterweight champion of the world. It seemed like he had Kamara Usman, who many feel is the pound for pound best fighter, in some serious trouble. And now he's a massive underdog and no one's giving him a chance to win this fight. Are you surprised by that? Like no one is giving this man a chance to win. And I find that just really interesting and fascinating at the same time. It's wild because of what you just said. We very well could be talking about Gilbert Burns as the welterweight champion. I mean, there was, he had Kamaru very, very hurt in that fight. We could be talking about a very different situation here. I think it speaks less to people's opinions of Gilbert Burns and more to just this fanaticism, this crazy fanaticism that people have for Hamzat Shamayev. But you can't forget who Gilbert Burns is because that's who he's fighting. And the fact is that we... <laughs> We don't know a lot about Hamzat Shemaev. We know he's really good. We know he's very strong and powerful. And I, I, I tend to believe that the rumors are true, right? Like there's these tall Paul Bunyan-like tales that are growing around <laughs> when you talk to the people that have trained with him. But the fact is he's not been tested in a fight ever. But he's never fought someone the, the caliber of Gilbert Burns. Cal Gilbert Burns is not just, um, he's not just an incremental test. When we have these fighters like the Rondas, like the Francis's, often you get tests that make sense, like the next rung up the ladder. This He is skipping several rungs on this ladder in facing Gilbert Burns. So do I, you know, please don't ask me for a prediction, but I definitely think in terms of prediction that we're gonna see how big the test will be, I don't know, but we're gonna see it. We're gonna see Hamzat be tested in a way that he certainly never has to this entire point in his career. Just personally for you, yeah. and I'm not gonna ask you for prediction, but <laughs> if Hamza Shemaev just goes in there on Saturday and just <laughs> runs through Gilbert Burns, yeah. I mean, just runs through him like he has everybody it's else, possible. how would you react to that? Would you just be, at that point, this would be something that we've never seen. Absolutely. At that point, he is a man alone in his own rarefied air because if he's able to run through Gilbert Burns, the man who, like we said, was so. We've got, Thrown off these fans here. Right it now. is Jackson is lit. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Jacksonville is lit. Um, the the fact that if he goes out there and takes care of Gilbert Burns in the same fashion that he's taking care of his other opponents, that's unheard of. It's unprecedented. He's completely alone in what he's able to do there because, again, Kamar Usman is not just the welterweight champion. He's the number one pound for pound fighter right now. So you're talking about, I know we're doing a little bit of MMA math here, but you're talking about the guy who almost beat the number one pound for pound guy. And if Hamzat beats that guy in the way he's been beating everybody else, I mean, my mind, my mind's gonna explode, honestly. Yeah, the last two fights, the last two performances he's had, it, they've been mind-blowing experiences. The Mir Sharnaka was incredible. The Li Jingliang was actually even more incredible because of like just how easy he made it look. It, it was like, he, Li, Li Jingliang, who's a very talented guy, it's like he turned him into a child right before our eyes. That's the perfect way to put it. I cannot think of a more alpha move because we've seen guys pick up their opponents and it's always alpha. But you know what they do? They normally bring their opponent to their corner, not Hamzat Shemaev. <laughs> he picked up his opponent and brought him like a sacrifice at the altar of Dana White and had a conversation with him. There are levels to alpha and he ticked the top box that there is with that move. 100%. That is a great fight. Everyone's looking forward to that one. Co-main event I'm very excited about. Yes.
when I got to Jacksonville, I was in, in excited, I was intrigued. I wasn't as excited as I am now. I think both guys have done a tremendous job all week building up this fight. We got Aljamain Sterling, Piotr Jan. We got the unification belts. Both guys, in, in their own ways, stake the claim to the actual belts. No matter what happened in that first fight, there is no asterisk there. Rules are here for a reason. Rules rule, as my friend Alexander K. Lee says. <laughs> Piotr Jan broke him, Aljamain is the champion. I feel like we've been waiting forever for this fight to happen. I think both guys have done a tremendous job, but in terms of where I was at scale-wise when I got to Jacksonville to where I am now, this fight has grown on me more than any other. Have you kind of felt the same way about it? I that? have, I completely agree. I think the presser yesterday really helped amplify that, but I think too, Honestly, watching Aljamain weigh in this morning and seeing the emotion, that really surprised me to see him almost move to tears on the scale. And that one moment, I think, speaks to what he what has been weighing on his shoulders for an entire year, right? The, the criticism of the fans, the media, other fighters, he's had to withstand that and carry that. On top of that, come back from a neck surgery where, you know, in this, I don't know, in this fight game, we're like, oh, yeah, he's, he had surgery and he came back. We, we say it so, you know, passingly. We just sort of brush it off. The man had neck surgery, and it's a situation where if you don't heal from that correctly, your career is over. So I think the emotion we saw on the scale was just, it was indicative of this weight being lifted off of his shoulders that now he's going to have an opportunity to go out there and to prove the naysayers wrong. And I do believe we'll see a very different fight than we saw the first time. I think... You know, people, normally when we have a rematch, it's because the fight was super close. That fight was not close. Alge or excuse me, Piotr Jan very much was winning the fight when it ended. But people forget how well Aljamain was doing in the beginning. And they also, I think it's not necessarily widely known how poorly Aljamain was managing his nutrition in the lead up to that fight. And you cannot have a champion caliber athlete surviving on what equates to like 600 calories a day to make weight. Now he's got the PI involved, he made weight, he looked great, he's going to be fueled. And if he can maintain the pace that he had in that first round, keeping Piotr Jan on his heels, bullying the bully, we could see a very, very different fight. Who do you think has more pressure heading into this fight? Because you could make the argument for both guys. Yeah. You got Piotr who continues to say, listen, everyone knew how that fight was going to end had it gone to the final bell. And then you have Al Jermaine, who feels like he has so much to prove, not only to himself, but to all these people who doubt him. And it was crazy at the press conference just seeing the fact that he was, like, booed out of the building. Yeah. But Piotr Jan was cheered like he was Elvis Presley in, like, the 1960s. It was, yeah. it was, it was just really fascinating to see. Who do you think has more pressure? Is it Aljo to, to prove everybody wrong, or is it Piotr Jan to, to maintain the fact that, listen, I, I beat that guy the first time, you all saw it, and now I'm just going to put an exclamation point on it? Listen, there's no doubt that Piotr Jan has a lot of pressure in this fight. Any championship fight, you're going to feel that pressure, and you know he's got the growing fans. That's going to add to it. But I really do feel like Aljamain Sterling is the one bearing the brunt of the pressure in the situation. You cannot, I, I just don't think you can fully wrap your mind around how hard it would be to every day you come home and you open your social media, there's someone talking crap about you, saying terrible things. I mean, we have a very tough fan base in this sport. And to do that for a year and then, honestly, his reaction when he won the belt was his honest reaction. He took, he didn't want it around his waist. He took it off and he put it on the floor of the octagon. That was his honest reaction. He didn't want to win like that. And then... It was almost like the fans, all of us, the pressure, the media, whatever, kind of 
almost bullied him into needing to lean into this role of like, well, I guess if I'm going to take this much heat, I'll just own it. I'll lean further into it. So the pressure for him is on, right? He's got to defend his championship, but he's got to get the respect back. And not just of the fans, but of his, his fellow fighters as well. You know, we have kind of an interesting <laughs> double standard in the sport where we'll go off about a fight not being ended quick enough. And then at the same time, we all love Anthony Smith because he didn't quit after he got need in a championship fight. So, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, honestly. And to talk about the main event, speaking about multiple ways to look at fights, oftentimes we look for the drama, we look for the story. We don't really have one here in this main event. Yeah. We just have two really good fighters and Alexander Volkanovsky and the Korean Zombie. My man Jose Youngs is on the other side of the camera right now. He always talks about how he's more of a fan of high-level martial arts competition. Yeah. And in his eyes, and I believe him when he tells you this, this is almost like a dream fight for him. You got Alexander Volkanovsky who continues to just evolve and get better and better. He's climbing up the pound-for-pound -pound rankings. Yeah. And on the other side, you have the Korean Zombie who's just so fun to watch. And he's such a good dude. And it's like you have two absolute baby faces getting ready to fight and it's one of those fights where we can't wait to see it but we don't want anybody to lose if that makes any sense so just your thought I want you to just wax poetically on this yeah. fight because this seems like a fight that you're just such a big fan of it's a sleeper fight in the sense that the odds should not be what they are <laughs> I mean it's another it's wild to have the top three fights have such big favorites involved in them and for me you know you you can't on paper right it, this is Alex Volkanovsky's fight to win it makes a lot of sense to see it that way. But I think that is oversimplifying Zombie's game to a huge degree. The man is incredibly well-rounded, but what I like about him in this stage of his career is he's moved his camp to a, I mean, one of the biggest growing camps there is right now, Fight Ready. And, you know, we always talk about, and I do it too, the quickest thing to talk about while Zombie, oh, he comes forward, he's got a chin, he gets hit a lot. I feel like that's an oversimplification at this point, right? The Zombie, yeah, he's a zombie. He can sure take a punch, and he's very offensively minded, but the zombie is thinking now. The zombie is not just some, you know, brain-dead, walking-forward guy. He's calculated now, and when you've got a team like Fight Ready surrounding you, preparing you, game-planning with you for a fighter like Alex Wilkonofsky, I think we might see a really, a much closer performance than the odds would indicate. And another aspect that I think it's gonna force this fight a little bit closer, I think Alex Wilkonofsky has his own pro point to prove in this fight. I think he feels very confident in the matchup, kind of how their skills match together. And I think we're going to see Alex be a little bit more loose. Not dangerous. I don't think he'll get overly dangerous. But Alex Volkanovsky fights with, a, with his brain first. That's why he's been so successful. It's also why he doesn't necessarily have a ton of crazy knockouts. I think this might be a fight where he weighs into danger a little bit more, kind of dips his toe in the fire and... Uh, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a really fun one. I like how you said that because I feel like Korean Zombie has been very loose outside of the octagon, mm -hmm. which is kind of a change for him. But Volkanovski is going to be very loose in the octagon. I feel like we have two calm, cool, collected guys who are yeah. just ready to get in there and get after this thing. Last thing before we let you go, I know you're a very busy woman and I appreciate you giving me so much time. We talked about these three fights. We have heavy favorites in all three of these fights. In your opinion, what would be the most shocking result out of all of these three fights? Oh, man. The most shocking result out of all three of those fights, I think it would be Zombie, actually. I really do. I think, and that's no disrespect to him, I think the world of his of his capabilities, but you're talking about a man on tw a 21 fight win streak. I think 
a lot of people are prepared to call him the greatest featherweight of all time, if not that close to calling that. He did beat Jose Aldo. He did beat Max Holloway two times. So for Zombie to come out and beat Alex Volkanovsky, to me, that's the biggest upset of all. And where are we going to see you on this broadcast on Saturday? I'm going to be doing quick hits on Saturday night. So I'll be roaming around in the back. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on the UFC's uh, Facebook page, social media page. I'm everywhere, Mike. I'm just you, you never know where I'm going to be. I might, I might just pop up, <laughs> interview someone. I mean, listen, she's on the she's on the, the weigh-in show, and then she comes over and gives us a quick hit, and I really appreciate that. Laura, Thank great you. to meet you in person. Great, you, great yes. talking fights with you. It all goes down tomorrow. UFC 273, two title fights. Hamzat Shemaya versus Gilbert Burns. It's all going down. Laura will be there. We'll be there. Stay with us at MMAfighting.com for all things UFC 273. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.